we have come to our last session. Uh, I remember a story about my granddaughter, Sophia. She had an exam in school. And uh, so her mother, my daughter, taught her that to pray before she writes her exam. So she goes and she writes her exam and she comes out and she is very proudly telling her mother, Mommy, I didn't even have to pray, I did so well. <laughs> Coming to the last session, sometimes the temptation is, the temptation is to think, oh, I've done all right, so I can do this also well. Well, last night was not an easy night for me. Uh, my wife and my daughter will testify to that. I was uh, totally disturbed because I didn't have the peace to share what I had prepared. So I prepared what I prepared in the night. And I didn't sleep too, uh, too long, but I slept well. And uh, I believe uh, this is the Spirit of God, you know, gave me the words uh, last night to share with you this morning. And so I don't take this final session as if I can do it now. <laughs> But I depend on the Lord and I pray that the Lord will take what I say and make it meaningful to you. So with that, let me tell you a story. It was in 1956 Mexico Olympics. In the marathon race, there was a Tanzanian runner. He had a bad race. He fell down and even broke his leg. But he persevered. All the runners had finished and gone home. Many spectators had left. Some seven hours later, he hobbles into the stadium. About 7,000 people are there in the stadium and they give him a standing ovation. After the race, the interviewer asked him, Why did you not just give up the race? Why did you, with your broken leg, continue to run and complete the race? This is what he said. He said, my country did not spend money and send me here to start the race, but to finish it. What an endurance. And Christ has paid this tremendous price to purchase you and bring you into this race, not to just begin, but to what? Finish. And finish how? Finish well. You finish well. And that is my prayer for each one of you as I share with you in this last session. Christian life is a life of endurance. It's not a hundred meters dash. It's more like marathon. Christian life is not how you start but how we finish. It is not for people who stop, stop halfway, but it is for finishers. The price is for the finishers. And for finishing, we must inculcate this, this fruit called endurance. We must endure. This is what Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. Look at what Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. Yes? I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. 
Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge will award to me on that day and not only to me but also to all who have longed for his appearance. Will that be what you say at the end of your life? I fought a good fight. I've run the race. I kept the faith. I pray you will be able to say that when you come to the end of your life. Endurance is the key. There were, we saw in John's Gospel, many people came and they left. They left. But that's not what God is expecting from you and me who have been attached to the wine. He says we abide there and we abide there till the end. Receive all the resources He has to give us and flourish. Not a struggling kind of life. But Christian life is to be a flourishing life. And we're going to look at that. That kind of a life from a character from the Old Testament and learn some precious lessons from him. So, it is uh, actually jo- uh, uh, um, what's his name? I forgot. Joshua. No, no. Not Joshua. What's his name? Joseph's life that we're going to look at. Joseph. Alright? But, tell me, has God given you resources to finish well? Has God given resources to you? Finish well? Yes. Two verses to understand that. Second um, Peter chapter 3, verse 1. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 1. Yes, if anybody has got it. No, not 3, 1, sorry. Uh, uh, yes, yes, chapter 3. No, chapter 1, verse 3. Sorry. Chapter 1, verse 3. His divine power has been granted to us for all things that pertain to life and godliness. So can you live godly lives? Not on your own strength, but who gives you the strength? Who gives you the strength? God gives you the strength. So what do you do to receive that strength? You abide in Him. You abide in Him. Okay? And then? Through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. He has given us promises and He has given us power so that we can not only live, start well, but we can end well. Finally, uh, another verse, Jude, verse 24. Jude, verse 24. This is a doxology. Look at what he says. Now to him who is now able to him who is able to keep you first what? Tell loudly. Able to able keep to keep you. Keep who? You. Put your name there. And read that verse again. Now to now him, to him who, who is, is able, able to, to keep, keep who? Tell your name. Me. Uh-huh. Yes? From stumbling and to present From stumbling and, and to present you blameless, you blameless before the presence before the presence of his glory of his glory with great joy with great joy so tell me will you be present there with great glory yes why why because god will keep you from stumbling god will keep you 
So tell me, CBF, can you finish the race? You have to tell loudly. You, uh, uh, when you are receiving the awards, first prize, I was hearing your noise there. I was hearing all that noise. Can you finish well? Yes. Absolutely. You can finish well because God is with you. You are abiding Him and He is abiding in you. His power will take you through and He will present you in the presence of His glory. This is His promise. So we can finish well. So in chapter 12, Hebrews verse 1, what does the writer say? What does the writer say? Therefore, since we are surrounded, See, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, so great a cloud of witnesses. Who are these cloud of witnesses? Who are these cloud of witnesses? We are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. Who are these people? Hebrews 11. The warriors of faith. They are witnesses. And what are we doing? What are we doing? Let us also lay aside every weight mm. and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance. Let, right. let us run with endurance. Okay, you are and I are in the stadium. We are running our race. And who is watching and cheering you on? Who is encouraging you? The heroes of faith of chapter 11. They are encouraging you. Their life and what... They accomplish which we read from scripture. They are the encouragement. They are the cheer. They are the applause for you and me to faithfully continue running until we reach our goal. Run with endurance. Put aside everything that makes you stumble. And you run the race. That is our calling. That is our calling. We are not people who are to give up no matter what we face through in our race, don't give up because you're not alone. God is with you. Now a good start is, is good. Right? Or you think you can start badly and finish? Is there any way you can start badly? No, you can't start bad, badly because you start with your relationship with who? With the Lord Jesus. It has to be a good start. So you not only start well, but you end well. Now Joseph, a lot of people may think that he was a youthful dreamer. A young man who dreamt big. Okay, he was a young man who dreamt big. But did his dreams come true? Did his dream come true? Yes, tell me why. There is one phrase that keeps coming in the life of Joseph. What is that life? What is that word? Huh? No, not that. There's one word that keeps coming. That is correct. I'm not saying it is wrong. But that's not the word that keeps coming. No, no, that's a phrase that keeps coming. Huh? And the Lord was with him. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. You see that phrase. Keep coming. In, in, in his life. 
he was taken away from his home his family maybe around 17 years when he was 17 year 17 years when did he become the prime minister of egypt or when did that dream which he saw come to fruition when what age 30 all right genesis if uh, people don't know that genesis chapter 41 verse 46 genesis 41 verse 46 read that joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of pharaoh king of egypt and joseph went out from the presence of pharaoh and went through the land of egypt okay so how many years did he go through his struggles around 13 14 years so either 17 or 16 he was when he arrived in egypt and as a slave all right and then he begins his work with pharaoh at what age 30 age what age did he die huh uh, read chapter 50 come to chapter 50 verse 26 Genesis 50 verse 26 Genesis 50 26 So Joseph died being 110 years old How, how old was he? 100. 110 years old So how many years was he in his position? 80 years Hello maths 90 80 90 110 he was he was 30 years can you imagine that 80 years of consistent godly life public life not some hidden life and then of course you see uh, another add another 14 years to this 50 years of public service 50 no what how many years 80 years add that and you see a man who was consistently walking with god and he finishes well isn't that amazing yes or no absolutely amazing that's the kind of life you and i should be living so joseph started well he continued well he finishes well and he looks forward to spending eternity with god he dies well he even dies well and even when he is dying he has a picture of what is going to happen in the future that's the man joseph for us but we will see some principles of finishing well from the life of joseph how do we finish well how do we live 80 years of public life without a scandal 80 years of public life without an iota of a scandal a god honoring life How is that possible? And how 
does he do it number one principle he refused to compromise your integrity okay cbf you got that refuse to compromise your integrity now i have to tell you what integrity means for you to understand what i am saying I- integrity is who you and i are when no one else is looking did you know did you did you hear that it is who you are when no one else is watching you character is what you are in the dark not your public face not what you portray to the world that is not character that is reputation there is a difference between character and reputation you may have a good reputation the question is do you have a good character are you a person of integrity what does integrity mean you are inside what you are outside but reputation is all to do with your external actions not your internal character it is integrity that tells you what kind of character you have inside of you the wonderful thing about joseph is he lives such an amazing life that there is a silence about any scandal in his life there is a silence he lives his life before his god even before the outpouring of the holy spirit did you understand that you and i have got what the indwelling presence an available power of the holy spirit unlike any old testament believer so who should be living more better we we have to be living more better dearly beloved here is a man who did not have the law to guide him to say what was right and what was wrong to guide him towards god for his righteousness but here was a man who lived who abided in the law that he received revelation from god what was right and what was wrong and he lived by the grace of god in that revelation it is amazing an amazing life he passed the big test okay when bet when uh, potiphar's wife tempted him what was joseph's answer what was joseph's answer how can i do this evil against my master and god from where did he get this value from where did he get this value from he grew up in a dysfunctional family <laughs> his family was not the perfect family was it was it was his father the perfect father no was his mother perfect mother no a broken family but here is a man growing up knowing the difference between a covenant 
relationship. He knew that Potipar was married to his wife. There is a covenant relationship and I have no right to go there. You may say he was a bachelor, he could have done something. What's the problem? He knew that I have to keep myself for the one with whom I am going to make a covenant of marriage in the future. I am going to make that covenant. If I have lived a promiscuous life, can I make a true, genuine, honest covenant with somebody who I am going to marry? Tell me honestly, can you do that? Young people, keep yourself pure. Why? Why? Because it's a sin against the Lord, number one. And secondly, you want to keep yourself pure for the one with whom you're going to be connected in covenant marriage relationship. Joseph knows this. How did he know it? He was abiding in the Lord. And the Lord revealing these truths to him. And he lived by it. Keep your integrity no matter what it costs you. Hold on to your integrity. Maybe nobody else is watching. But there is one who watches and sees everything, dearly beloved. Everything. He passed the power test. He became the prime minister. He was not out there to take revenge. Was he there to take revenge? I will talk a little bit about that. His relationship with his brothers in a little while. But he had power. But did he misuse his power? No. He did not. He was not an Amit Shah. He was not Pete Chidambaram also. <laughs> Chidambaram is learning it the hard way now. He did not misuse his power. He did not misuse his position to be with resources to swindle and have a Swiss bank account. Do you think Joseph had a Swiss bank account? What do you think? Do you, do you think he had a Swiss bank account? No. No. He had, did he have, uh, uh, did, he ha did he have the possibility of being corrupt? Absolutely. Everything was given to whom? Joseph. It was not only Egypt. Who came to him for grain? All over the world people came. He could have taken some bribe. Couldn't he have? He could have taken a bribe. He could have put some money away for retirement. For a house in Bangalore? Is Bangalore a good place to settle? No. <laughs> I thought it was... <laughs> Okay, Dehradun is. Okay, you can come to Dehradun. <laughs> but did he do it? Is there any, any allusion to that in his life? Absolutely not. 
How many years public life? 80 years of public life. Not an iota of a scandal. He kept his integrity in every area of our life. The problem is sometimes in some areas we are strong. But there are other areas where we are weak and we give in. We give in, we let go, we make compromises. He stayed married with one woman. No report of a Bathsheba in his life. No report about marrying foreign wives like Solomon. He kept his integrity. Our best years are often our last years. See, your early life is important because the choices you make in the early life will affect how you live in the future. It is important, therefore, to depend who, to, de- to, to determine who you are and how far you will go in your later years by the choices you are making today. You know, sometimes we think, we come to middle age and we think, I am retired now. Even from Christian life. From the disciplines of Christian life. Uh, retirement, retirement I pray. That's sometimes the attitude we have. My, my opportunity of ministry is over. Let me ask you, is it over when you are past which age you think your opportunity of ministry is over? Huh? <laughs> okay, you have an example of 110. <laughs> but how many, how many years do you think? Honestly. Huh? 78. 70, eh? 60, 70. 60, 70. But beyond that, we think we can't do anything. I'm, t- I'm asking you, if, if you're old, and of, of course you have knee problem and you can't walk around, but what can you be still doing? Praying. Invite people. Talk to them. Talk to them. There are a lot of instructions to older women. Yes or no? Yeah, lot of it. Get the get young people in. Don't gossip. But what do you do? Teach them. Teach them through your experience, your understanding and learning over the years. Don't give up. No retirement for God's people. Here is Joseph had a perfect example of that. There is this saying. Winners never quit and quitters never win. We need to press on. We, don't, we should not make compromises. We should not allow cracks into our Christian life. Even small ones. Even small ones. Don't compromise even on little things. Because then cracks take place. And it, like a dam... If a dam is cracked, what will happen? In time, the crack will widen and water will come out of 
force and destroy totally totally destroy that's what will happen to your life if you allow cracks into your life if you allow small things into your life don't just say it's a small thing no it is not a small thing it's the beginning of your destruction don't make those compromises in your life okay that's the first principle that we say don't give up on your what integrity don't give up hang in there no matter what it costs you hang in there number 2 we need to respond to others with humility humility should be the mark of our christian life you see spirituality is not about how much you know okay please get this thought out of your mind spirituality is not how much you know or how uh, well you uh, you know portray yourself image you know management is not spirituality true spirituality is reflected in what your humility your humility you look at a man who is humble and you know that person is a spiritual person why humility because the bible says pride comes before a fall somebody said you must stay humble lest you stumble good dialogue you can write it on your twitter we may get up in the morning and say okay let me get ready what should i wear you know what should i make myself presentable to people what should i do what should i wear but the bible tells put on what humility don't ever not put on humility when you are getting ready to face the day it is vital it is important you have to get a perspective about yourself you are not god you are not god god is god and you live under the sovereignty of his rule in your heart and in your life and the sovereignty of god in your life will make you a humble person because you recognize you never had any chance to have a relationship with god unless he had grace on you that thought so fills you that your actions are actions of humility how well do you relate with others this is important that is what shows your humil- humility how well you relate with people all right let us look at some of the relationship in uh, in um, in, De- in jo- uh, joseph's life his father like we heard he was not the best example was he no but uh, let me ask you did joseph ever disrespect his father is there any picture where joseph disrespected his father no no in fact there are pictures of his tremendous respect for his father come to genesis chapter 46 genesis chapter 46 genesis chapter 46 verse 29 and 
29 and 30 Then Joseph prepared his chariot and went up to meet Israel his father in Goshen he presented himself to him and fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while Israel said to Joseph now let me die since i have seen your face and know that you are still alive Now who is Joseph Who is Joseph Second in command in Egypt and who are the Egyptians at that point of time the egyptians were number 1 in the world okay it's superpower at of that time and he is the number 2 in the superpower of that time and your father is just a farmer how would you greet him when you meet him huh You know we live close to Haridwar you know Haridwar you don't know Haridwar is the holy place for Hindu, Hindus where the Ganges flow Haridwar and Rishikesh are twin cities now believe this i am not making up stories i am not making up stories people bring their old parents to Haridwar and they leave them abandon them and go away just abandon them because they are too much of a burden for them to care for too much of a burden to care for sometimes your father must have done things in your life that broke you up disappointed you did damage in your life but have you been able to forgive him do you respect him the way joseph is he got down from the what chariot and he goes and does what what hello what he does now they are traveling all the way from canaan they are traveling okay so this desert place so filled with what dust and dirt and filth and sweat and smelling Do you like to hug somebody like that? Is that something natural? But here is Joseph hugging his father and wept for a while. He wept at his father's shoulders for a while, you know, with all his amazing clothes. He was the second in command. He had uh, he had a special crown, I think, sure, hai na? He had a signet ring. the king had given it to him he uh, representing his power clothes he dri- he is driving a, not a benz better than a benz <laughs> a chariot but look at his humility he comes down and when he settles his father chapter 48 verse 1 he settles his father 48 verse 1 After this Joseph was told behold your father is ill so he took with him his two sons Manasseh and Ephraim why why did he take his sons so that Jacob could bless them a father who had failed in many many areas of his life who didn't have a good example but see how Joseph is honoring his father 
by taking his children or Jacob's grandchildren to take them on his knees and to bless them. That is the heart of a humble person. That's the heart of Joseph. Chapter 49. He makes some promises to his father. Does he keep it? Chapter 29. So chapter 49 verse 29. Verse 29. Then he commanded them and said to them, I am to be gathered to my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave and that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite. Okay. Now come to chapter 50 verse 10. 50 verse 10. When they came to the threshing floor of Atad, which is beyond the Jordan, they lamented there with a very great and grievous lamentation. And he made a mourning for his father seven days. And he buried him there. So did he keep his promise to his father? He asked him, you know, when I die, please do this for me. Did Joseph do it? He did it. So look at his relationship with his father. Maybe if there is somebody here who has a bad relationship with your father, I want you to take this, this, this picture into your heart and maybe ask God to give you the grace to forgive your father and to accept him and to love him and to do things for him that will make him happy. Learn, let us learn from uh, Joseph. Joseph honored his father. The second person that Joseph had an interaction for a long time was Pharaoh. Yes? Yes? How many years with Pharaoh? Just like we calculated 80 years with Pharaoh. 80 years with Pharaoh. Does Pharaoh, this Pharaoh ever acknowledge the God of Joseph? Is it written anywhere? Is it written? No, it's not written. Nowhere it is written that this Pharaoh acknowledged the God of Joseph. But Joseph is honoring this Pharaoh. See, when he was a slave, he was honoring to whom? To his master. Who was, that his, who was his master? Potiphar. When he was in the jail, he was honoring his jailer. When he is under Pharaoh, he is honoring... Pharaoh, they are an unbeliever. All of you have bosses who are unbelievers, right? Did they acknowledge God? Does that mean you don't respect them? Does that mean you don't honor them? No, it does not mean that. God's hand was in his promotion. That's no doubt about it. But Pharaoh also had a part. It is he who raised uh, uh, Joseph and made him second in command and you look at the life of Joseph he didn't take things into hands and he did not tell me boss you sit there quietly I'll do everything no everything he did he consulted with Pharaoh he talked about it with Pharaoh he had every right not to but he chose to because he knew that he was accountable to an earthly master he understood that principle he says, I am doing what I am doing because I have a heavenly master. But that does not mean I do not respect my earthly master. So if you have a bad boss, 
Don't neglect your work. You do it for God. The bad master will have to give account of his life uh, uh, to God ultimately. But you and I are called to do what God has called you to do in your particular circumstances. If it's a bad boss, well God tells us to honor him. To do your best for him. It doesn't matter if he takes the credit. It doesn't matter you don't get any rewards. Who is the one who is going to reward you? God is going to reward you. So you see, Joseph under Pharaoh, he does, does the best and the excellent job. See, when he want to, wanted to settle his family, did he consult Pharaoh? Did he consult Pharaoh? When he wanted to settle his family? Huh? No, 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 you are not reading, you are not read properly. He consulted Pharaoh. He asked him, they are coming. In fact, he told his parents, when you meet Pharaoh, he took them to meet Pharaoh and uh, he told his parents, when you meet Pharaoh, you tell them that you are what? Shepherds. <laughs> because otherwise he will tell you to stay next to his house. <laughs> so, because Egyptians didn't have anything to do with shepherds, they would isolate them. So they chose a place called Goshen and request was made. And Pharaoh granted that request. That's how Israel came to stay in Goshen. Separated so that they will not intermingle with who? With the Egyptians. That they will remain pure. Stayed in Goshen. But Joseph asked permission about it. Because he knew he was a man under authority. Now his brothers. His brothers. If you come to chapter 50 of, uh, uh, of uh, Genesis, uh, his father dies. We read that just now. His father die, died. Verse 15 onwards. What does, what does the brother say? Verse 15 onwards. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead. They saw that their father was dead. They said, it may be that Joseph will hate us. And they us. felt, now that the father is dead, Joseph will what? Hate, hate us. And... And pay us back for all the evil that take we did revenge him. from us. Ah. For all the evil that we did to him. Ah. So they sent a message to Joseph. So saying, they sent a message to Joseph. Your father gave this command before he died. <laughs> I don't think his father gave any command like that. <laughs> but they're telling your father told us. What did he tell us? Say to Joseph, please forgive the transgression. Tell of your Joseph, brothers. please forgive the transgression of your brothers ah. and their sin because and they did evil to you they, and their sin because they did evil to you how did Joseph know? very good you came back at least now you came and said sorry is that what he said <laughs> is that what he said no what does he say what does he say read on and now please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father ah. Joseph wept when they Joseph spoke to him did what he wept why did he weep because they had not understood his heart and love. They think he is just holding on his grudge and revenge. And waiting for the time when the father died so that he can take revenge. He wept. And then what does he say? So his brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. Ah. But Joseph said to them, Joseph said to them, Do not fear for don't am fear. I in the place of Don't God? Don't fear. Am I in the presence? Am I in the place of God? 
As for you, you As meant for you, you meant evil against you me. You meant it evil. That's that's your that's your job. That's what you did. But God meant it for good. But God meant it for good. How does how do I take what you did to me? That God has allowed it so that He could do something, bring out something good in me. Huh? And then what does He say? To bring it about that many people should be kept alive see, as they are today. Joseph had a bigger picture in his mind. What is the bigger picture? The saving of many people. So for him, this thing what his brothers did was a process. Was a process where God was making him the person who would be used to save many people. Did you get that? Did you get that? Maybe what you are going through in your life is God preparing you for greater things. So let go. Let go of this attitude of taking revenge. Let go of bitterness. Let your heart be filled with love and generosity that overcomes hatred of people and builds people up. <coughs> that is Joseph. That is Joseph. That's how he had a relationship with people. My time is almost up. We need to remain focused on the destiny. What was Joseph's destiny like we read just now? The saving of many people. That was his focus. The saving of many people. So it was not only Israel he saved. His own people he saved. 70 people he saved. But he saved all the people who multiplied in Egypt. And how many, how many did they come to? Almost 6 lakh people. And not only that, not only Israel, but he also was, saw the bigger picture of saving the people of the world. He saved the Egyptians. He saved people from all countries around who came when they were about to die to find food and to, and to have life. So his life had an impact that was so wide. And he saw that destiny. And I hope you are seeing that. I hope you are not thinking you are just a drop in the ocean. That's not what you are thinking about yourself. That you are thinking that I have a God and if I place my life into his hands, he will take me that is nobody and make me and use me to bless many, many people. Have that kind of a picture in your mind, dearly beloved. That's what Joseph is telling us. You have to keep your mind on your de eternal destiny. Come to chapter 50. Come to chapter 50. Verse 24. Read verse 24. And Joseph said to his brothers. Joseph told his brothers. This I is... When he's about to be 110 years. He's telling his brothers. What is he telling? I'm about to die. I am about to die. But God will visit you and bring okay, you Okay, one up. minute. Are you ready to say I am about to die? See, the older become, you don't like, want to die. 
the older you become you don't want to die say let the lord come no <laughs> we talk about heaven and heaven wonderful and everything but we like to be on the earth joseph is saying with confidence i am about to die and i am about to make my maker and then he goes beyond even his death he tells his his fellow fellow people his fellow brothers what does he tell them god is going to what visit you he knows god's plans he knows god's plan he's abiding god has revealed to him he says god is going to uh, visit his people and then god will visit you and bring you up and out, bring you up out of this land out of this land to the land that he swore to, to the land of where that he swore to abraham his promise to abraham the land of canaan ha huh? to isaac and to jacob ha huh? and what do you do when you go there do one thing for me what take my bones this is not my home this is not where i want to remain take me from here my bones and take it where to the promised land do you see beyond your death do you see beyond your death do you see that god has a plan and purpose even beyond your death let us finish well dearly beloved let's not be afraid of dying but let's die well to die badly is a dishonor to god but let's die well let's die like joseph holding on to our integrity giving up on you know even the the, the desire to revenge is like uh, holding on to my right let me give it up i'll be set free let go if people have damaged you with their words or actions let go then hold up to them you will be free to run your race and to finish well let me close with a story finally we need to be a big picture destiny oriented eternal mind eternity minded people remain focused on the finish line in 1924 in the paris olympic there was a christian man who was part of the british olympic team his name was eric liddle he was due to run the 100 meters but the heats was on a sunday and he said i will not run on a sunday he took his stand he held on to his integrity a gold medal in the olympics was not his ultimate aim his aim was to receive a reward from whom from his master and lord so he said i won't run so they found an option to for him to run the 400 meters now 100 meters running and 400 meters if you're an athlete you know they're two different races you can run 100 and 200 but not 100 and 400 you can run 400 and 800 not 400 and 1500 or 5000 <laughs> they're all different because you train differently you prepare differently he is prepared for a short burst 100 meters but 400 meters was what they gave him an opportunity 
to run. Little refused to give up his integrity. Therefore, fulfilled his ultimate goal, which was not to win just a gold medal in the 400 meters race, which he won. But he served God in the mission field in China. In 1940, he died in active service for his king and his kingdom. Little finished well. His ultimate goal was not a gold medal in the Olympics. It was to serve his master. And he left for China. And he died in China serving the Lord. He finished well. Joseph finished well. How will you finish, dearly beloved? Who has to decide that? Your elders? Has the elders to decide that? No. It is your choice. It's left to you. And I pray CBF, all of you present here, whether you're here for some time or a long time, you'll take with you these lessons and wherever God keeps you, you will run your race well. You will finish well. May God bless these words to your hearts. Take this with you as you go back home. Run the race that God has set for you with endurance. Putting your eyes on whom? On Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. And run the race with endurance. Look to Jesus. Focus on Jesus. Put your mind on him. Let him the prize you want to win. Let Jesus be the prize you want to win. That's what Paul says. That somehow... I may take hold of him who has taken hold of me. May that be your desire, dearly beloved, as you leave this place. Shall we close in prayer? Father, we thank you. We thank you for speaking to us. The life of Joseph. A life that reflected our Savior and Master, the Lord Jesus. Oh, we thank you. So what we learn is we can also finish well, Lord. We can finish well. There is no excuse for us not finishing well. You have given us everything that we need. Lord, help us to abide in you. Help us to abide in your word. Help us to abide in your love. Help us to abide with this assurance and knowledge that we are not your servant. We are your friends. Help us to abide with this knowledge. If we ask, whatever we ask, abiding in you, you will give an answer. Lord, I pray everyone present here will live that kind of a life. And they will produce fruit that will bring honor and glory to you. And they will receive their reward at the end of the race. Even the Lord Jesus Christ. And your grace, grace and goodness abide with each one. As we depart, be with us. But may your presence continue to go with us and live with us and encourage us and build us and mold us and make us more like the Lord Jesus Christ. To this end, we commit ourselves. We give you thanks and pray in the precious name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.